listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down friends welcome back to another episode i'm brannon and i'm seba and we are your hosts of the cannabis hangout on today's conversation we have the pleasure of speaking with chet who is the owner of a dispensary in choctaw in the heart of oklahoma called the lettuce bar with another location also in stillwater we're excited to chat with him today so please welcome chet tucker to the cannabis hangout hi chet good morning (laughs) thank you so much for being with here being with wow thank you so much for being with us today Let's just start from the beginning. Where did your cannabis journey first begin? Ooh, uh, from the very beginning, it would be a seeded bag of weed when I was, I don't know, <laughs> 17, 18 years old. I was a little later to the pot scene. Um, yeah. Being, being an athlete. And being well, that's not uh, too much later. Well, yeah. I, I've that's got buddies early. like, oh, I started at 14. I you know, know, I know. But, <laughs> but it was 17, 18 with, uh, with a, yeah, seeds and stems, uh, you know, it came south of the border and it was, it was what you could right. get. Mm-hmm. So that's, pro- that's, that's pretty much where it started. So do you remember like your first time smoking it and like what it made you feel like or anything? Yeah. It's funny. That's, that's, that's a long, that's an old story too, because, uh, the very first time it didn't, I don't feel like I got high. Yeah. But the second time was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I ate some, oh, what are those? Uh, Fritos were like the only thing in the cabinet. And it tastes like pop rocks going off in my mouth. That's crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a memory. T- <laughs> I know. That's I mean, a very like distinct very memory. Oh, yeah. It was like, the you know, it was like, whoa, I've never tasted Fritos like this, you know? Yeah. Do you like Fritos currently? No. No. I can't, I can't eat them at all. Oh, really? Just, and that well, changed it for you? I, no. I mean, I... I, I don't know. It's maybe maybe because I just don't eat a lot of greasy stuff. Like yeah, yeah, stuff the corn oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it's it. It's more of a food thing now. But yes. Then, yeah, any kind of chip. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a funny. Yeah, I remember the pop rocks in my mouth. I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> that's a good experience, I would yeah, say. It's a good was, memory. It was. Yeah. And, I won't go into the illegal act- activities that went on afterwards, but that was the start of it. I feel like we all have uh, some background in that one yes. way or the other before cannabis was legal, you know, so. Well, it wasn't too, it was illegal, right? But yeah, definitely not immoral. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Chet, what would you say your favorite way to consume cannabis? Like, and are there like any terpenes that you're attracted to? Ooh, uh, I'm, I'm more of an edibles person these days. Like okay. I, I kind of bounce back between smoking and, and edibles. Um, and I like the infused stuff. I don't really, I mean, a lot of people like to dab, especially in my world where I've got, you mm-hmm. know, some growers and mm-hmm. people at the dispensary, they really love yeah. uh, rosins. But um, I like it more infused where I can kind of control it and I don't want to do all the gear and all the stuff. Yeah. I'm more just like, hey, get I me, hear you. Hand me a joint, you know, let's yeah. go. Yeah. But mostly... Uh, I think mostly edibles. I like stuff that kind of 
puts me to sleep so I can just turn everything off because yeah. my brain's on as soon as I wake. So. so are you just like an evening smoker then? You don't really ever, do you consume during the day or is it just kind of a nightcap thing? Mostly nightcap. Yeah. But, uh, you know, cannabis hangout. We've yeah. Got, we've got this. Uh, or if we're having events or things like that, mm-hmm. of course, I'll stay. Yeah, where, totally. Where I can kind of chill out and not be in business mode. You know? Yes. Is yes. there something you really enjoy to do after you smoke? Uh... Like yeah. if you like, I know you probably don't have days off, but like if you have a like a day off and you're like, I just want to like smoke and just do this. Like, I'm, do you have anything like that? I'm a creative. I think uh, cannabis, at least for me, is always driven like a creativity. So I kind of lean towards, um, you know, strain specific uh, sativas, especially if I want to get creative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really good sour diesel um gummy that was made by Arcadia years ago and man oh my gosh I would stay up till 2 a.m. just creating all kinds of shit that's so cool just like it's just it's a uh, brain dump or a creative dump what's your what do you create uh I dabble in all I like to write uh I did photography for a few years so really really hardcore into it and haven't picked up my camera in probably two years now oh wow um and then just design art cool you know just songwrite everything yeah everything that's the fun just thing about cannabis comes. i feel like it helps you tap into so many different creative parts of yourself yes. that you wouldn't normally visit and you it's know like, yeah and once you get into it it's like you're immersed in it yeah I right re- mm-hmm. i remember smoking in college going man i've got i've got to make grades <laughs> so that i can play ball and i stayed up and i smoked and i i was an idiot for taking macro and microeconomics in the same semester. Oh, my gosh. But I had th- those were my two uh, courses that I was like, oh, man, I've got to. So I stayed up to pass a test or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, I was just completely in a zone. And then I understood why the guy that was magna cum laude smoked every day i was like this guy memorizes everything it's just he gets into it and then he's Mm -hmm. there but but yeah whatever i'm into or whatever it does it kind of just makes you present i always wonder how it is for college students these days like when i went to college i Mm -hmm. had such a hard time focusing and like actually enjoying the stuff that i was studying because i mean it, it sucked like it wasn't something i was into but now being older it could be something i would be into Mm -hmm. but I also consume cannabis, so it would be a whole different perspective. So yeah. to be in college now, or to be like what it was, what it would have been like to, for us to have had access to it while we were in school versus now, like they're growing up in like a place where it's completely legal and they have dispensaries yeah. outside their college. And I'm like, they can just run in and be like, all right, I have to just get a like quick smoke before I go take to this help test them study or do whatever, or to ease the stress. Yeah, even. just like to take the edge off and be like, I'm just not going to worry, but I'm just going to go in there and smash it. Just have very to privileged. Or something, or or, yeah, <laughs> everyone needs to realize that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. No, and it, it it reminds me too of uh, the health benefits of it because, you know, I was playing baseball, um, and a, a night after drinking with the guys, you know, the next day you're just worn out, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're just obviously pumping water and sugar into your bloodstream to to recover, but man, a night after just smoking and just hanging out and cutting up, playing games or whatever. The next day, like even keel was focused. Could I just? It was. It's a completely different mm-hmm. experience, and so I understood why the basketball players, like the whole downstairs, downstairs of the dorms, was full of smoke. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are like, "Hey, we're gonna get high before we get on the court." And I was like, "Man, uh, this is 
most bizarre thing, but mm-hmm. it's it's puts you so and present. just yeah, yeah. Just so present. That's yeah. a great way to say it. Just very in the zone and like you're in your own zone. Yeah. So college was the wake up call for sure. On that's awesome. That is cool. So how would you say that cannabis has benefited your life, Chet? Oh man, it's a loaded question. It is because <laughs> right now, I mean, it's a it's a tough you know being a business owner, being on the business side. It's, yeah, it's a tough tough place to be as as crowded uh, of the marketplace as it is. But um, it's it's benefited me in a lot of ways, um, mentally, I guess, more than anything. But <clears throat> I lost uh, I lost my dad at 54 to epilepsy, and that's been about 15 years ago. Okay, and sorry to hear that. Yeah, man, it's it's one of those things where if CBD was even legal at yeah. that time, he'd still be here. So mm. to me, um, it's impacted me in that sense. It's more of uh, I've written some articles for uh, or an editorial for Herbage called Freedom Flower, and it was really about why is this such a big deal, you know? Um, yeah. And it's back to, like, growing up as it being illegal and right. just, so, you know, reefer madness and the horrible things. But um, it's it's about the power of the plant. Like, yeah, right. it's it's very healing. Um, it's not an end-all, be-all to health, mm-hmm. but it's such an amazing um, plant. And if it's to help, like I said, sleep or anxiety right. uh, for me personally. And uh, I know it would have helped my dad. You know, I know what you mean. In the epilepsy realm. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. My grandpa, he had Parkinson's and I always wonder like if, you know, I would have been able to introduce cannabis or CBD somewhere in there, you know, like if it would have looked different for him or in some way or the other, or if like his life would have lasted longer, you know, yeah. I don't know, but it always makes you think like, you know, dang, if we would have had access or if there would have been you know more knowledge or education within the family or whoever was taking care of that person you know makes you just think it it really does and you know my my dad I felt the same like oh there's no way he would not be alive today I mean he was on you know uh Dilantin and uh Depakote and Mm -hmm. some of these really big Mm -hmm. mood swinging um, pharmaceuticals and so you know at times it was you know kind of like the incredible Hulk like it was really intense over certain things mm-hmm. it's like oh he didn't take his medi- medication yeah, so it, I hear it really you. affected his brain which you know cannabis is is going to mellow you out um, yeah and i it, you know when i first entered the business world of it it was still something i was like eh, is it really that you know it's beneficial in certain areas but the more uh emails and the more uh, communications we the, the the more we got i was at arcadia at the time um about how it improved even the life that they had left yeah. was a big thing. You know, it's it's like, hey, I'm on my way out, but the fact that I can use this and and be comfortable was, I mean, it it always put uh, goosebumps on my arm. Still does because these people are really sharing. Hey, this is something right. that I wouldn't have been able to have, or someone have sneak it to me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I can consume it and have at least some good days as I. Yeah, some yeah. good days is right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So much power to the plant. Hundred percent. And I feel like that's like the most impactful way is the way that you get to see it is like people in their most rawest form saying like, "Thank you for what you've done for me," oh. and and into to be a part of their transition to see where they start and then to see how it like heals them. And and it's it's even more amazing to see how many people have been using it in the closet, if you will. Yes. Obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because 
half the patients we see are definitely over 50, maybe over 60. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that you say that. I mean, and my grandmother now, she lives in Washington, but she uses, you know, cannabis now. And mm-hmm. I think awesome. once it became legal, people kind of, all right, or they felt the permission to use it. Mm-hmm. But right. it, it, just the number of people that are like, oh, so glad that now I can yeah. be me and get my medicine mm-hmm. and get good quality stuff that they know mm-hmm. um, yeah. can direct their... Such a game changer. Yeah, for sure. So to flip the script a little bit, Chet, can you tell us in your own words, like who you are and what you do? Uh, So who I am, well, that's, that's, I can keep us here all day. Um, I, like I shared a little bit, I'm a bit of a creative. I've uh, um, done a lot of different things in my life, but um, I own a dispensary and a grow and a processing and, and, uh, and we're kind of expanding on into a bar and some other other things cool. but um but yeah mostly i'm a creative i don't really look at myself as um i don't know any kind of way i try not to put a stamp on myself just mm-hmm. because i've gotten i've been lucky enough to play in a, a high-end corporate you know world to laid back cannabis which is still intense when you're running a business so mm-hmm. um but yeah i own uh, the lettuce bar and then we have lettuce smoke canna company which is kind of the umbrella um, where we're going to create rosin. We've got live rosin. We do infused pre-rolls. Cool. Uh, okay. Of course, uh, living soil, flower grown. Um, we do, we use an ionized spring water and, and we, we do use some organic dry amendments as well just to feed the flower. But um, I like the organic side of, of mm-hmm. things. And so I'm, I'm really excited to be on that side. Again, I started uh, with Arcadia, or maybe I shared a little bit. Okay. And so with them making full flower, strain-specific flower rosin gummies was like, all right, nobody's nobody in the biz is really doing this. Mm-hmm. They're, they're using distillate. And, and so uh, I loved that I got to start m- my career, um, if you want to call it that, in cannabis uh, on that really organic level. Yeah, good quality, like yeah. good foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and to see like how how to just to ride that wave and to hold it and say, hey, I know there's a lot of fads that are going to come and go, mm-hmm. but the whole plant is a whole plant. So I've loved seeing some of the more some of the articles, even on just raw cannabis in your mm-hmm. shakes and things. Yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, so cool. That's yeah. some of our favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've done it personally too, and I'm like, wow, doesn't get you high, but you get this wild smooth feeling throughout Mm -hmm. the day and it's so um consistent i guess is the word yeah do you do that often uh i don't do it as often as i should same so so the reminders lately you Mm -hmm. know from dr pepper and some of the other Mm -hmm. ones that are promoting like hey raw cannabis just in your shake or in your tea or whatever you want to put it in i'm gonna do that next time now that i we were just talking about it i'm just like it's so easy just to put in because i like to make shakes so i'm just like put it in put a couple lines in there and and let it go but uh yeah so so you know consuming raw is is really what i liked and and then i like the creative side of how to make that cool again and Mm -hmm. I, i know there's a lot of organic stuff that's that's obviously cool, but it's like, hey, this this is this is the best you can partake in, and if you can consume at a fair buck, and you you have some of the best in the business, uh, that's that's what. That's yeah, what that's where it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at. So, what made you want to start the lettuce bar? Um, like where did that idea come about? <laughs> well, it's ironic. It's it's actually came about. I was was with a a girlfriend in a 
in a space that we were looking at in Blanchard for a dispensary, and uh, and we were sm- we were smoking in the middle of the day, which, like I said, I don't do a lot because I'm more of a nighttime smoker. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a lettuce uh, buffet, you know, bar mm-hmm. in, in the building. It was a it was an old pizza joint or Italian joint or something. And I was like, oh yeah, the lettuce bar that that would be. So the idea kind of spurred from, <clears throat> excuse me from it being more like a salad bar type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of rolled into, I like the saloon bar feel instead of, you know, what's your poison, it's what's your pleasure instead. So we, we I kind of just twisted that That's idea cool. and just made it like, let's make it an experience where people sit down and they do, they sit down in our bar and cool. when they're waiting on the next person, mm-hmm. it's not like rush in, rush out, and, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to the guys that have businesses mm-hmm. that way, but we like we like the old-timey feel, and so... Yeah, yeah. it's cool. I remember I've, I've been to your dispensary once before, and it, it it's a whole different vibe than anything I've ever been in, and it's so cool, and it's so, like, that's what it brings you back to is the old saloon feel and the fact that you can, like, go sit down and, like, really just take it in because you have, I mean... Even around that, the aesthetic of it is so beautiful. So you really like take each part in by itself as you're sitting there, which is like a whole experience in itself, even before you get to be a patient and, you know, have that other whole experience. That's that's the I love hearing that more than almost any of it. Obviously, the the cannabis on the shelf is going to be high end. uh, And when I say high end quality wise, but just that welcome feeling people say oh my gosh i feel so warm or welcome they use those two words a lot and i'm like that's, nice mm-hmm. that's compliment yeah mm-hmm. i don't i i'm not a big uh you know western medicine person so to to have a vibe that felt like a hospital was completely you know i've seen a lot of them. yeah i just not happening no not happening mm-hmm. let's make it you know, general store slash, you know, old school pharmacy before the, yeah. the farm was the with an F but in, and not a pharmaceutical. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I appreciate that because yeah, that, that creative side of finding, we, we got lucky with the building, um, you know, this, the bones were all there. It's a so gorgeous so, spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And so um, having the building and, and having the space because there's a lot of extra space mm-hmm. to grow into is yeah. something we were after because we really, like I said, we want to expand into some other products and things that we that we do ourselves or we may white label. We've, we've white labeled with Arcadia on, on some products as well. So cool. just taking back to that, mm-hmm. you know, high-end quality stuff. But but I appreciate that. That's, that's, uh, that's a high compliment. So appreciate it. Of course, that. of course. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. So, Chet, what was your background like before you were in the cannabis industry? Like, what did you have experience in before? Um, what did you do? I was mostly in, in finance, but... Banking, mortgage, okay. uh, investments. I kind of dabbled in all of it, but mostly okay. I was in the mortgage world for for most of my career with Bank of America. And okay. Yeah, ran some call centers across the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, traveled. Uh, you know, there, there, there's always something to take away from something like I felt institutionalized. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm stuck in this sea of cubicles every yes. day. But it puts you into this this pressure cooker of of learning how to better communicate, how to, mm-hmm. how to do some of the things that I wouldn't be able to do today. Totally. Um, the experiences you had because yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, 
I mean, there were there were tough times. It was a it was a grind, but overall, um, you know, understanding money and how it all works, and and then um, just having a kind of an esoteric language. Yeah. When you start speaking, people are like, "What? Can you can you put that in layman's terms?" Oh, you're just so immersed in it. But mm-hmm. mostly uh, finance world, and then. I took a little sabbatical that was supposed to be a year and it turned into about three and a half. And yeah, so I tried, that's when I really was doing my photography and you're traveling, traveling. And, okay. And I traveled for work too, which actually created that seed and, mm-hmm. cool. and my kids had traveled with me and especially my older daughter, um, uh, who's living abroad now, but she's, you know, that was a big thing for me. It was like, get out, take a break. Um, and then when I did, I, I worked with a buddy of mine out of California that was in, in the business. And so that's where I first got the taste and was like, my God, this is, I mean, I would mm-hmm. rather be in Northern California sipping on a glass of wine mm-hmm. and smoking a joint than nice. anything yeah. in the world. Like yeah. it was so that's like, is that your play? If you could go escape and get it away from like what you're doing right now, just have a break. Would you be sitting in Northern California? That, uh, and maybe it's the California roots. So I was born in Southern California, but okay. we, we moved quickly to, to Houston and, and then Oklahoma. But, um, but yeah, I don't know of all the places and maybe it was just because, you know, my buddy, he's, he was in wine country mm-hmm, and it's yeah. like, I mean, I hear wine country is beautiful. And yeah, he's in Sonoma. Sonoma oh, wow. Area, wow. Yeah, outside of Sonoma. And so I would fly into SFO, uh, San Francisco and, and either take a bus or he'd pick me up or sometimes I'd rent a car, but it's a short little drive mm. over the bridge. You go through, you know, the redwoods and you can oh, take wow. these little jaunts, but you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on what part you're in, you're, you're on the coast and then you're in the forest and wow. then you're on the dry desert. So wow. it's just mm-hmm. like this mix of, of, uh, beauty. Geography and beauty. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, California was where I kind of like, Oh, and then I think that, that, California vibe is mm-hmm. real. I mean, um, I personally like the Northern Cal side a little mm-hmm. more. The food, the chill, the not so into ego or mm-hmm. what I have or whatever. Um, it just seemed like great food, great yeah. wine, great cannabis was everywhere. It's like, That's man, cool. I'm I haven't living been a up dream. north, but I really want to. I've been to. I've only been Southern California. You have, yeah. You yeah. have to make the trip through, like, Mira Wood is right over the, yeah. the bridge. Um, and so going up through there, uh, I would I would sometimes just take a day or two and drive up and down the coast. I would, I, I, I wanted to shoot lighthouses, so I would go okay, to, cool. to Crescent City or um, Slow, San Luis Obispo or wherever. And I go, you know what? I want to go surf today. And so it was a really awesome. kind of cool yeah. sabbatical until the yeah. bank account ran dry. Yeah. yeah and then you had to, <laughs> hey, live your life. And it's cool to reflect back on that and say that you did that for a period of your life and just got to really like live. Yeah. You know, for three you, years to take off. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of time. <laughs> no, it, it, and it is a good reminder. And I think that's why when you're in the grind of business like yeah. this, you're like, oh, I do get to go fishing here in a couple of weeks. Amazing. But, oh, good. But, Exciting uh, for you. But this is actually, what is today? The 23rd? Yeah. <clears throat> March 23rd. Yeah, yeah. I was in, <laughs> I saw, well, I, I saw on one of my memories uh, that I was in the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. It was seven years ago. Wow. And so I, it, 
it is. took you down memory lane. Yeah, so you're right. The little sabbatical. And Have you ever consumed cannabis in another country? I did. That Ooh, was, where? We were, we were in Nepal. And, cool. Uh, my buddy Colin, he, he, uh, shout out to my buddy Colin. He, was, he became my fast pal. Um, but there was 17 people on this trek in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And we flew into Kathmandu. And then we flew from Kathmandu to uh, uh, Lukla. Um, which is the start to Everest Base Camp. So it's about 10,000 feet. And then we hiked mm-hmm. up to Everest Base Camp and then back down. And so it was a 10-day hike. <clears throat> and uh, when we got back to Kathmandu, uh, Colin scored, he, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> he, uh, he, he had a, a guy that was selling hemp backpacks mm-hmm. at this little market. And so he leans in and starts jawing with the guy. And the guy's, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, my backpack, I give you free. And so he's like, okay. So we scored, I don't know, three or four joints from this guy. Amazing. And and so we were in Kathmandu. And in matter of fact, the last day we were there, some of the other people had um, gone another river rafting trip. And so he and I just, and he's a big photographer, amazing. Actually, I have to look up some of his stuff. Uh, uh, Granite Films or Graniteville Films. He's a... out of Southern California, but he travels everywhere, but amazing videographer. And so he actually, um, recorded some of, of my journey and why I was there, why I ended up, you know, there, but that last day we, we smoked and went and got coffee. And, and at one point we like, uh, I need to sit down because the sights and the sounds and the smells became so like, whoa, overwhelming. Yeah. So even the, the days before we went on the trek Mm -hmm. and then we came back to the city, you know, the the bustling, you know, third world country city, it was like the, the high just enhanced it all. I was like, Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, Whoa, overstimulated. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, But it was a trip because we sat in a coffee shop and just kind of got our, got our breath. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back out into this world. That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It's a whole different world over there. Everything is like on top of each other. It's, and people are just zipping and I did a lot of photography from that. And I remember like the power lines in, there was like how the, this is the most dangerous thing that I've ever walked under. It was like this power line over the middle of this street. And I was like, there's, there's gotta be, 80 different wires just hanging and stretched. And so anyway, yeah. the, the power would come in and out. The water was, you know, not the mm-hmm. greatest, but, um, but there were amazing people. Everybody mm-hmm. there was nice. But was yeah, the food was, good? Uh, the food, you, you didn't really eat a lot of food in Kathmandu. I mean, the last night we were there, we had lamb chops and went to the, like the nicest mm-hmm. place in town, which was like, like a, I don't know, like a Western sizzling here or something, you know, yeah. something fancy. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it was good. It, it, the, the food was good there, but otherwise they, they told you not to eat like meats and stuff like that mm-hmm. on the mountain. Um, really stick to lots of carbs, mm-hmm. um, because we were, you know, oxygen depleted. So 10 days. I, I know somebody else, Abby Waddell, her sister's mm-hmm. done that and they went further than base Jesse. camp. Yeah. And it looks like, Unreal. Like, I would love to be able to do something like that. What made you want to do that? Uh, it was actually a, a girlfriend wanted a, a friend to go with, a male friend. Like, hey, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. my girl, Sarah. And we would love if there was a male that went over there with us. You know, we just don't know, never been. I was like, <laughs> I'm on sabbatical. Like, yeah. hello? <laughs> sure. Um, but then it, it turned into more of a, like, a spiritual journey. I had a, a friend. Uh, he was my quote unquote blood brother. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, we 
you know, cut our fingers and you know, <laughs> blood brothers <laughs> at 11. Sweet. Yeah. Man, and why haven't we done that? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it was, and, it, and it's, it's something you always remember, but yeah. I, he, uh, I had reached out to him, uh, trying to find him, you know, several years ago and, and I ended up finding his widow and his widow shared, mm. you know, uh, that he was passed and we connected and chatted and, um, and whenever I went to go kind of train and get my mind and my body a little more ready for, for being up there, I went to Colorado and I was going to go do the climb and, mm-hmm. and get some altitude and cold in February. And uh, that's where she lives, Colorado Springs, the widow. And so when I shared, she was like, you're kidding me. You're going to Everest. I was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to the top, but we're, we're yeah, going to, to the base camp. And she's like, well, Kelly always wanted to go. He and his brother always wanted to go to the top. And so I, I think you need to take some of his ashes. And so mm. that's what like oh, wow. really turned, like I just signed up for this thing. And then all of a sudden it became yeah. something much How cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Very wow. healing at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and even when I released his ashes uh, at, at base camp, it was pretty, pretty amazing because me and a couple of the other guys, Colin and, and um, Juan, we, uh, went exploring like a couple of kids in the ice mm-hmm. and just with our cameras. And, and then I came back to that space uh, where I, I left the ashes and we kind of took different um, routes back to our, our spot. And uh, um, there was a red bird there. So it was kind of this oh, very wow. spiritual yeah. very. turned into like, Whoa, this is, what's this Himalayan red finch doing in the yeah. middle of, of base camp? Right. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah, that's so cool. So it, yeah. it, it turns into big things bigger and wider than you ever mm-hmm. you know can think of. And so, um, but yeah, that, what an that, experience. it was an experience and I did consume cannabis in a foreign country. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Not a lot of people can say that. Yeah. So that's cool that you're able to say that. Well, and I take, I take it when I go to London, I'm like, I'm taking my own gummies. And yeah. I just, you know, shh, don't tell anybody. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Guilty. Well, I just I cut up my gummies and put them in like mixed nuts. It looks like, oh, these are just dried apricots. What do you? Yeah. Do you when I went to Ireland, I got women's vitamins and I just shoved a bunch of gummies in there with the women's vitamins. Obviously, I knew what was what. And yeah. I just shook them all up. And just throw them in my check bag. They're not. They're, they're not, not gonna know. They're, they're not. Our, I, I have to. I have to always remind myself as I'm going through those situations. Cartridges are different, but like with edibles, we are more advanced than anywhere else in the world when it comes to edibles. So I'm like, there's no way they're gonna detect these. No, and I. I mean, the I've been through a couple of times where they're like, hey, we're not looking for pot. We're looking for mm-hmm. uh, explosives or you know certain powders that are that are yeah not that kind of powder but the like explosive powders and stuff mm-hmm. like that so not that kind of powder. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a look i was like no not that powder <laughs> so okay to, to flip the script a little bit again talking about like being business dispensary owners what do you think has been the most challenging and rewarding part about just getting to do what you do Ooh, challenging is definitely um just just all the uh, red tape, you know, government stuff. And it still drives me nuts because I still don't think we are as free as we should be in yeah. this world. Um, uh, so that's to me still one of the most challenging aspects is just all the red tapes and uh, tape that you have to go through. Um, uh, the most rewarding, um, I think it's still the, the fact that 
that it's it's something that I built. Like there's something that and I, I I don't want. I should step back. I shouldn't say I because um, there are a lot of people that you know guided Picks me. the village, oh, yeah, yeah. You know the ideas or the things that you're um, around people with that shape it. So I <clears throat> um, so I'll say we built because I've got an amazing uh, group of people and um, they work hard and. And we all like see a vision of having something that's that's unique and mm-hmm. and becomes even a destination of sorts so, uh, for people to like, hey, let's go out and check this place out because it's it's not your normal vibe. You yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's different and different stands out so in a good way, you know. Yeah, and I don't think we were and, and we weren't trying to be so different so much as we were like, I was just like, man, I want that. <laughs> Yeah, I, that um, what's it? What's the little house on the prairie? Like yes. I want that old before mm-hmm. it was all illegal, and we got into and, mm-hmm. and then they started calling natural oils snake oils and all yeah. this stuff. And you're like, how did we get so twisted and upside down? Mm-hmm. And so it was really a a play to go to the prohibition of cannabis era and like, hey, before it was it was like it is today, or mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. we've had to fight for the last ten years. Um, let's go back to that time where it was good old aloe vera mm. plant or right. something yeah. what is what's the big deal yeah yeah, right. yeah that's a good that's yeah. a good explanation <laughs> so with you being vertically in, integrated and you choose to grow in living soil what do you take pride in when it comes to your flower um yeah i think the the complete surrounding of it you know the the soil the water we have a, a filtration system that kind of ionizes the water so it makes it more alive and in, in spring spring-like so um just trying to give the the plants the best environment that we can um you know we're still a s- soil grow so we sometimes i look in there and go oh man it's so dirty in here but it's like well it's what happens when you have soil it's not yeah, yeah. gonna stay perfectly clean and <laughs> and we are you know a farm an indoor farm per se but um but yeah i think it's it's the quality of the flower um through the way we grow and you know, obviously the attention to detail i mean we have there's a million different ways to grow it and right. and um, and shape it and cure it, et cetera. But mm-hmm. just taking our time. I mean, we we've hunted a lot from seed. Um, we've gotten lucky with a couple of great cuts as well. And so to take that and then and you know mm-hmm. um, produce it at a high level is 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 you know I guess uh, we're very rewarding. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is rewarding. So if you had to pick a strain, that was your favorite. Ooh, what man. would it be and why? Man, that's tough. Let's see. It's hard to pick your children, we know. I know. I um <laughs> the cool whip I like, we just actually brought it back and it it uh, it's the face melter to me. It like really just just makes me like super relaxed and um so cool whip's probably my favorite for that. Um and then the super lemon nasty is is the sativa. It's the hit you in the face and <laughs> take you 20 minutes to go okay and then <laughs> then you can't sit down and, and then you get after yeah, it and you're like Bum. okay i need nice. some of that yeah. <laughs> so super lemon nasty and, and and probably the cool whip are my top two on the on the spectrum and then the middle middle of the road are the fruity pebbles i had um actually a really good strain i didn't know it would affect me so well i was like eh, fruity pebbles wow that stuff is yeah good yeah 
Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So how consistency is really hard. How do you maintain consistency in a market that's so inconsistent? Ooh. Um, it, we struggle with that too. Like we all be, you know, honest, like we're not perfect. So we've had to fight, you know, um, you know, pests and PM and things like that. We've had to obviously um, ebb and flow with the pricing in the market on the front of the house side. And when you talk about consistency on the business, but um yeah, I think it's it's just getting up every day and lacing mm-hmm. up your shoes and go, man, I got no choice. This is what mm-hmm. we're doing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go. And um, that's the most consistent thing that you can do. Yeah. Just showing up. Showing up. And, and you know, the flip side of that um, is occasionally just taking that day to go, oh, I've got to reset, reset mm-hmm. and chill. And if my mind takes me back there or I want to create and be, quote unquote, off today, but you know, smoking or, or creating, then, um, yeah, I've got the freedom to be able to do that, mm-hmm. but you, you definitely got to have some reset days. Yeah. So. They're important. Very important. And so with the cannabis plant being a plant and not a manufactured pharmaceutical, what are your thoughts on regulating testing and potency with governmental pushes for unnecessary control? Would you say? Yeah, you'll, you'll get me on a, on a soapbox <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, lo- I think testing is a good thing as far as knowing what you're getting, what, you know, aiming. Right. And, and I've got some other things that we're working on that we've been trying to do for several years to align some of that to, to know exactly what you're getting on a, how is this going to make me feel or how is it going to affect my endocannabinoid system? Um, so I'm, a, I'm definitely pro testing. I'm not, Pro government saying, oh, well, you should be limited to this or this or this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, capping um, it. Yeah, capping, mm-hmm. especially uh, when it's not a synthetic. It's it's a plant, and yes, you can breed them and you can do a lot of things to make them more and more potent. But it's never going to go past a certain point. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what right. it is. I mean, if you're going to do that, you've got a dislit cart that's ninety plus percent THC. You've got a rosin that's seventy. You've got mm-hmm. a flower that's high at 30, 35, You know, wherever there's kind of going to be a cap in all of them. However someone chooses to consume it is on them. Is their prerogative. Um, I prefer the natural ways, but, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially the way we, we make rosin, you know, but, um, I don't, I don't think it should. Yeah. Government needs to step, step out. I agree. <laughs> they always need to step yeah. out. Yeah. 
For real. So, Chet, we like to ask everyone this question, but what stigma would you like to see changed revolving cannabis? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost that whole blanket. I think it's almost become um, something that people share over and over is just that it is, you know, a medicinal plant, that it's not just a drug. And I, I get it. I mean, we've, we've worked hard at trying to level up the world in in our world at least hey let's keep let's make this professional let's make this clean let's make it where people accept it like it should be um without making it uh it's just a party something you know Mm -hmm, and everybody can use it for whatever they want i don't care but it legitimately has these things that are good for for people and so um i I don't it's it's kind of tough for me to to go down that road because it's the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you just leave it alone. It's just a plant, you know, yeah. Yeah. just simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's like an aloe vera or oregano or a ginger, any mm-hmm. kind of these healing um, plants and roots are, are amazing for you. But, and everybody has their, some people have it daily. Some people every once in a while, you know, it's yeah. and, and not shaming people for that too. Like right. you see in certain, certain uh like alcohol or whatever Mm -hmm. oh you're not gonna drink with me today or oh you're not gonna smoke with me and the fact that people can say oh no i'm good today or yeah Mm -hmm. like i could be good for two or three days sometimes i don't know it's just Mm -hmm. i know you mean sometimes to me it's like later in the day and it's Mm -hmm. like not when i wake up and i'm just like i'm like i'm I'm cool with it because Mm -hmm. i'm I'm just operating doing other things and then i'm like oh now now i'm able to Mm -hmm. you know so it's not like i'm like having it severe withdrawals like listening (laughs) to your body also you know and like following what your body's telling you versus Mm -hmm. like i feel like when i drink i'm doing what the alcohol is telling me versus you know and so it's it's different even with cannabis i feel like it's my body telling me what i need like certain like strains that i've been smoking lately i'm like whoa like i do not i feel weird and so like i have to tap out because that's my body telling me like no like you don't have to keep smoking this, even if it's like one hit and I'll have a whole blunt. I'm like, I'm good. Just hand it off to somebody else. No, and you're you're you hit the nail on the head too with the fact that cannabis does that. I think for a lot of people, at least I've noticed it and heard others share it. It it tells the body what mm-hmm. it needs too. So sometimes, especially when you're drinking alcohol, I've seen people like, hey, don't hit this. It's really high THC. If you if you have a hit and you've been drinking a bunch, yeah. just mm-hmm. have one or two. Oh no no no! I'm good. And the next thing you know, they're vomiting in the bushes. Well, that cannabinoid, the endocannabinoid system is going to go. Oh wow, there's something bad in my system. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of alcohol yeah, poison. Yeah, right. It's going to push it out, especially you know if you've had too much. And I've I've personally witnessed it several times where it was like, yeah, the cannabis mm-hmm. will will dictate that. And and sometimes it's the mood you're in or the mood that you're not in, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, don't not really feeling it right now. And I just, yeah, whatever, or man, I'm, I need something. You need like, that. I need yeah. like a little, whether it's a coffee or a, or a, you know, super lemon nasty hit, whatever. <laughs> hey. but I need something to get me like, all right, I got to get going. Yeah, yeah. It's just listening to your body in general. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. And I think it does do that. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, like it puts you into your presence, you know, mm-hmm quite a bit so. yes mm-hmm. yeah you're right about that well Chad, i think this wraps up our episode episode for today well, i appreciate yeah. you guys i know we we got 
you know, out there with some stuff. I know. I, I loved, loved it. it. You were so great. We yeah. thank you for taking time out of your morning to come eat with oh, us no. and share your passion and your heart with everything you do. We appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. I appreciate you. you guys. So yeah. Much. Thank you so much for sharing all your cool stories. <laughs> I have so many more questions, but for a, a later date to keep up with what they're doing, follow the underscore lettuce underscore bar on Instagram and lettuce smoke dot com that's l-e-t-t-u-c-e smoke.com to check out their website thank you again chet and thank you to everyone listening and as always brian and stay medicated appreciate y'all thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.